Hey, it's Seeking Plum. Yesterday, I had a chance to have a conversation with Alan of Sentient Future, and I had a really good time. I've been wanting to do this for a while, but I couldn't think of a topic or the right time, or there was always something holding me back. So first, I want to say thank you to Alan for putting it out there that you are open for calls and conversations. We weave in and out of empathy, intentional living, beliefs and values, consistency, hypocrisy, and the list goes on. A big thank you to you, Alan, and I would love to do it again sometime. And for you listeners, I hope you enjoy. Right. Or we can uh, continue engaging with that person, recognizing that there's probably some similarity we have with them that would be a more fruitful line of discussion. Yeah. And so, I don't know, for, for like those people who shared values from me and, and the like, I, I'm trying to find productive ways to work with them or learn from them because I think, I think there's an opportunity with everyone we meet. Absolutely. I wish more people understood that. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, like, it's worked out for me so far. Like, I don't get into a lot of fights with people, but I, but I'm, I'm you know, we're all different, so. No, but at least you are engaging in some of these conversations where some people will not even engage in conversations or even um, approach somebody who they think will have a contrasting view or, you know, whatever. Um, and, and I think that that does a disservice not only to, I, I think it does a disservice to all of us and us personally, because we're not, um, I, I was listening to, uh, uh, I think it was insatiable and she, she talked about this too. It's the importance of diversity because not for just for the sake of diversity, but because, of uh, uh, the different experiences and the different voices and different opinions. And without that, we can't have um, the same kind of progress or growth or even innovation or anything like that. And if you don't, if you're not even willing to step up to somebody who you think is in this self-righteous, you know, culture we're in right now, if you go up to, and, and you won't even approach somebody who you think is below you in, however you define that, um, it's severely hampering us. It, and, and going back to empathy, then there is no room there for empathy either. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that, right? It's, it's, this, it's this belief, and I, I don't agree with it personally, but it's this belief that if someone differs in opinion um, from me on something that is core to my belief system or my convictions mm -hmm. that they have nothing of value to me, right? The, the way I see it is you can look at a child who is extremely young and we can learn from children. Like it doesn't matter what their age is, but there's, they will sometimes say things or do things, but because they are living an experience outside of what we do and they're also thinking in different ways they will present us with something new and maybe unusual and if if a child can do that for us you know then why not somebody else you know yeah. um i think i feel like i 
learn from everybody I come in contact with, even if it's somebody I don't like and they make me angry because I can learn from who they are or how I respond to them. Yeah, even if it's, yeah, to your point, a self-reflection opportunity, never mind yeah. uh, seeing any sort of value in that other person. And yeah. I would argue that there, that potential is there. Um, but yeah, even just learning more about ourselves, there is value in that, right? To the, to the extent that we know our values are, you know, that much better and are better able in the moment to act consistently with them, right? Kind of, which mm-hmm. is what I think, um, you know, aligning all of our behaviors towards that which we care about is, is you know, useful and fulfilling and, you know, intentional, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And maybe one of the reasons, um, just uh, bouncing off of the idea of, you know, the, the child, that they're able to have those conversations or bring all these ideas together is that they've not yet formed the same strength of opinion, perhaps, right, right. As, uh, as we have. I mean, if if all opinion, right, it kind of comes from or all beliefs come from seeing evidence that supports it, right, or, or even just somebody talking, and I, I use evidence quite loosely here, but just right. uh, that, I understand. That, that supports it, then, you know, they cannot hold beliefs as firmly as stubborn adults do. And I think, too, that sometimes as adults, we've been conditioned not to consider other we're stuck in these rigid ways of thinking too right so and they're not there yet they're thinking differently they're just they have no they haven't been told not to think this way or not to do this or that yet and so they're exploring every option to them i I love your use of the word exploring there because i think that's maybe something we forget to do as adults Right. It yes. Is, there's, there's this wonderment, perhaps, that children have because almost everything is brand spanking new and wow, that's yes. so different. And there's like this eye. Everything's an eye-opening experience, right? I I don't remember what it's like to be a, a child, but I can imagine that's how it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and as adults, we have seen enough that not too much new of what we see is as big of a departure from anything we've seen. Mm-hmm. And so we we feel like we have an opinion on it, or we feel like we know it because it's similar to what we've seen, and maybe not appreciate the differences or the nuances or the opportunities. Absolutely, absolutely. Because too, I think that like when we are firm in our ideas and we won't consider something else, um, even like if we go back to talking to somebody that we don't agree with or we feel we can't learn from apart from the self-reflection, sometimes um, something random they say could spark an idea. And if we leave room for that exploring, you know, um, then we can pick up something like that and run with it or at least consider it and, and jumble around with something else maybe, you know, and come up with something new. But if we don't even open that door, it's not going to happen. I, I like that. And, you know, I like the perspective you've taken on it in terms of leaving a room as opposed to um, necessarily actively seeking it out. So here's sort of where I'm thinking or what I'm thinking about that. Um, you know, if we, you know, we're adults, we have some idea of our resources, maybe our time, our effort, whatever it is. And we tend to think about maybe what's a good use of our resources or a good use of our time or our money. And 
a lot of the sort of exploratory activities, they don't have immediate or clear returns, right, on that effort or on that investment. Yeah. So, so I think as adults, right, because we get either progressively more rational or we think we're progressively more rational or we get progressively <laughs> stubborn, or whatever the case might be, maybe a combination of all of the above, we may not actively seek those exploratory opportunities anymore, but... Yeah, there's no instant gratification. Right, I I exactly, right? Um, certainly in this world where we've come to expect instant gratification in a number of ways, right? We, we almost feel like everything should. So, um, but I guess what, I'm, what you're saying and, and what I think I, I completely agree with is that we don't need as adults to actively seek out um, those exploratory opportunities if we don't want to, fair enough. Some of them don't make sense for our long-term goals. But, you know, to be open to serendipity, to be open to um, in the course of our living our lives in a way that we think is consistent with the return on our efforts, to be at least willing to sense when there is an opportunity to grow outwardly, um, you know, as opposed to to ignoring that and, and sort of shuttering out that, that new information. You know what, though, I'm going to... I'm. I don't know if I'm going to, I'm going to say something here. I think that like, I'm going to disagree with having it focus only, like only picking, leaving room for these things with respect to the long-term goal, because, and maybe it's just me personally, right? Because we all work differently in how we approach things. But right. for me, when I am picking up tidbits, um, depending on what it is. I mean, I filter stuff out and say, this is not important or won't be. But when I do pick things up, I want to um, spin them around, look at every aspect of them, evaluate them inside and out, and then like fully understand what it is and how it works, right? And the reason being, even if it's not relevant to a goal is because I can keep it in my mind and maybe down the line, I can use a piece of what I learned and fit it together with something else. And maybe even a third thing and a fourth thing and wiggle that around, mold it, shape it and come up with something new that will help me maybe in my goal. And I wouldn't have had that or have considered that if I hadn't um, at least considered this other weird thing that wouldn't have um, pertained to my goal is that is I, I'm sort of like I don't know if I'm making any sense you, you absolutely are and, and so maybe I, I didn't phrase what I said in a way that's 100% consistent with what I believe because I, I think we're on the same page here oh, okay um, so and that's on me so I, I like the definition of creativity that it's you know pulling together previously on disconnected ideas and putting them together in a combination that hasn't really been done before right and you know, to your point, being open to new pieces of information and giving each one concerted thought as we come across them, whether we had sought them out or whether it's serendipity. Right. And pocketing that away, knowing that there's potential, but not a guarantee that it might become, it might be useful in a future combination of ideas, which then becomes kind of this creative output. Right. Right. So, so I, I'm, I think I 100% agree with you that there is value, not just in being open to new ideas but when we come across something new we may not understand in future how useful that thing is if we had not at that time um, 
understood it. Right? Yes, yes. So, so what you're suggesting is that as we come across something new as an idea, let's say someone in a conversation just says something that is new and novel, to not leave that conversation there per se, but be a bit inquisitive and, and understand that line of thinking better so that it becomes a more useful tool or more complete picture um, for us to, to later use. Uh, rather yeah, than yeah. rather than this incomplete thought that uh in principle is never really relevant to a future puzzle mm -hmm. yeah i think that that's i think that that was a um uh i don't know how to say it's it was a nice concise clean way of explaining what i was trying to uh or what i was visualizing yes okay. <laughs> Between the two of us, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're figuring this stuff out, right? We are. Progress. Progress. Oh, That's all we can ask for. Right? That's right. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, it, it's interesting, right? And so there's that degree of, I mean, we keep coming back to the empathy piece. It's fair enough. We don't expect other people who we meet to have had the same experiences as us. Or rather, we expect them to have quite different experiences from us and that they have something novel or new to share as well as similarities um, and to give those to give those new ideas the respect they deserve by asking about them and and not challenging them but even just listening yes right? and, yes and even for the completely selfish reason of this might be useful for me later <laughs> yes. uh, never mind the the respect i think we show people by listening to them yeah yeah I th I don't think that there is enough active listening done, um, because I mean I'm guilty of this sometimes too, a lot of the time. <laughs> but like you know, thinking about what my response is going to be rather than just sitting back and listening, just taking in what they're saying, and trying to understand um, how like what they're trying to express. Because, and not project as much of my own meaning onto it, you know? And uh, and sometimes that's not easy. Yeah, I, I like that, right? There's, I mean, we've heard of active listening before, and some people, I think, would define it as, you know, listening to what the person is saying so that if you contribute to the conversation thereafter, it builds on what they're saying or, you know, this, this type of thing, as opposed to just stating the thought that we had primed to say regardless of what they were mentioning right to kind of build on the conversation right um, so there's there's that but I, I think you take it a layer further or a step further and i like it and that is it is more than just building on what they say i think active listening is actively trying to understand what they mean yes yes right and and there's a difference right yes. between what we might first interpret um, them to mean versus what they actually mean, uh, mm -hmm. given our communications imperfect, and so is our language. Yeah, right. yeah. There are times where I will sometimes listen to a call in multiple times, or even portions of segments before calling in, just because I want to make sure that I am um, not uh, not responding to what I think or what I. You know what I mean? Like, I want to hear what they're saying because sometimes the first hear the list, the first listen, sometimes um, 
you can have an emotional response or you can only hear certain pieces of it because you think or you want them to go in a certain direction or whatever the case may be, right? But when you hear it the second or third time, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not what they said or that wasn't the intonation or that wasn't uh, what they meant, uh, even if that's not what their words said. And sometimes uh, it takes a couple of listens. I wish I could do that in real life sometimes, <laughs> but we don't have that technology yet, or I'm not willing to record every moment of my life to do it. <laughs> well, I, I think what you're suggesting, and, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that we perhaps jump to conclusions, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of what we think they mean, uh, or let me, let me put it this way. We, we jump to a response. Whether that, is, whether that is an emotional reaction mm -hmm. or whether that is a quick reaction to what we, they think, what we think they mean, either way, it is not a, a response based on a deep understanding of what they truly mean or a deep attempt at our understanding of what they truly mean. Yeah. I <laughs> think, know. too, that to add to that, there's that um, projecting onto it our own history and experience right and instead of like you said really hearing them so um I, th I think that all of those things kind of sometimes happen all at once and then we have this serious miscommunication i mean sometimes it's not serious but you know it's enough that we don't hear them yeah i, I think you're right and or it's at least a serious disconnect yeah, the, yeah. Or, yeah. or ramification of the consequence of that serious disconnect can be different. Well, but nevertheless, like there's such a distance between what they meant and what we heard. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I, I find myself, I think, well, I'm, I'm fallible like every human. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I find myself jumping to a response as well. And you know what else? Maybe it's something that, you know, we, we lead by example. And maybe... It's giving other people the time to think deeply about what they think we mean in a conversation. Like you mentioned in person-to-person in -person conversations, and I feel this way too. Sometimes I don't think I've got the time in sort of a socially acceptable way to give someone's thought proper consideration. Silence is somewhat deafening in, yeah. you know, in an in-person conversation. And yet, if the conversation is deep enough or if the topic is worth it, uh, then how neat would it be, right, for us to share our views with other people and for it to be okay for someone to take 20 seconds or 30 seconds to just think and reflect on what that person said and then respond? That would be pretty, pretty cool. I think, too, that... Um then after that period, it would be nice to allow for um, questions, right? For clarification, if we didn't understand or we're not sure, because I don't think we do that enough, right? Asking, is, is this what you meant? Or is this like, what did you mean? Or, you know, and, and, and maybe it should be more of a question of what did you mean rather than is this what you meant? But um, I find, though, depending on the person, that, that this is not always a, a welcome thing. <laughs> you know, and, and that's funny, because I was just thinking that 
and maybe this is me speaking from my own perspective in terms of how I would uh, take someone's interest in giving what I said some thought, right? Right. Uh, you know, I would think that, fair enough, if you need 20 or 30 seconds to consider something profound that the other person just said. Right. Fair enough. Maybe you give them a heads up. Hey, I love what you just said. That really, I, I, I sense a connection between that and some of the beliefs I've got. I'm going to need about, you know, give me 20 seconds. And just <laughs> think about that. And then, you know, let, let's continue on. Um, you know, like I think with a, a, a preface note like that, and, you know, someone's demonstrating that they're truly interested in engaging in that thought. Yeah. That, that is kind of a really, like a, a compliment or a, you know, that that can yeah. be taken positively. And yet, um, you know, I think we fear a social, uh, a social consequence of not being quick to respond or not being, you know what I mean? Definitely. And, and I, just, I don't think that's a practice that people ever really try in regular conversation because we just think the airtime needs to be full definitely Uh, yeah i've been asked you know when you pause and you don't say something like what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like well sometimes i'm trying to find a word and sometimes i'm thinking about my response you know but it's easier to do that i think when you're having a one-on-one conversation and the person can see that you're thinking but it's not so easy to do when it's on the phone or in in a case like this with anchor, you know. Um, right. But I I would be nice if we I I really like the idea of prefacing it. Hey, I'm thinking about this because a lot of the time when there is silence, people we uh, often jump to the conclusion that it's a bad thing. And if we, if we explain, no, no, I just, I'm just, you know, computing over here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and we can always chalk that up to some comedic reason of it takes me longer to think than you just give me a second <laughs> yes. or, or, or whatever it is, some, some humble approach to explain that preface. Right. Right. But I, I hope that, you know, as we show people, you know, the respect that we have for their ideas and their time and their, uh, their position, their perspective, that more people will grant us that permission and that it, it might become less of a, uh, or rather, that they won't have those sort of immediately negative thoughts of, wow, this person is being silent. Does that mean they disagree with me? Does that mean they were offended? They can right. all these uh, quick negative conclusions. And that's not at all, it at all. We may agree with them uh, wholeheartedly. We just would like to respond in a way that brings the most value to the conversation and you know so to the degree that i'd like to give other people um comfort right that it's nothing negative i just need time to think (laughs) (laughs) um maybe i'll try and you know do that with other people too when i sense that maybe something i've said causes them to think yeah um you know to be a bit proactive and say um give it time don't rush like i'd love to hear your deeper thoughts on that just like, it's fine. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. And just make that kind of a more uh, socially acceptable thing. I don't know. I think we're, it's, uh, in society, we are so worried about time and rushing and making sure that we make the most of everything. And, you know, we have to move on to the next thing. And so 
um, it's kind of like we we have to focus on filling that dead air. We have to, uh, you know, every it, it doesn't. It's not even necessarily quality filled air. It's just, you know, filled air. And maybe some of that too is just that we're not comfortable with silence. Yeah, um, but we're, we're so used to being able to access information at this lightning fast speed, or in some circumstances needing to, because yeah. I don't know, it's coming at us like a fire hose. Um, it just does seem weird. Like it's funny. Here's this race car analogy that uh, a friend of mine had. So it was his bachelor party. And uh, we took him to, among other things, um, go-kart racing. Okay. And he's quite good at it, and he likes it, and so hence that's why it was one of the activities. And so he was telling us a little bit about how to do it better, because he was, of the half dozen of us or so, he was by far the best at it, because he really <laughs> it, right? right? So his saying was, um, and I don't know if this is a sort of pervasive race car thing, but that slow is smooth. Sorry. Yeah, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Think about that one for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the reason why I felt that was relevant to this conversation is we we don't often slow down, right? Yeah. We are happy to take all this information in at lightning pace because we confuse that with progress per se. Uh, confuse it with what? With progress. Yes. Right? Yeah. Or that, that we, you know, efficiency versus productivity. And um, really, you know, maybe the best thing we can do at times is give certain topics the time and attention they deserve yeah. and then act on them in a way that is not accidental, <laughs> intentional, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> right. right? Um, because the outcome of deliberation, even if it's delayed, is progress in the right direction as opposed to progress in the wrong direction or no progress at all, right? Uh, yes, yes. Which is what we might have done if we jumped to conclusions on the basis of all this quick information or, or lack of deliberation. Absolutely. I think when you have time to think about it or to ask questions in your mind about it, then you can come up with better conclusion than if you just do it on the fly. I mean, at least, at least with my brain and sometimes it moves like molasses. So, so, so I, I would rather have time sometimes to think about those things. So, so mind you, I'm, I'm a fellow molasses brain, uh, <laughs> right? So, so kindred spirits perhaps. <laughs> and you don't come across as a molasses brain, Alan, at all. <laughs> I appreciate that. But I, I too am one of the people that pauses after every sentence in my podcast. And that's why a five minute clip takes me 40 minutes. It, you, it's surprising to me. <laughs> well, I, good, good, great. I'm, I'm glad it's surprising. <laughs> <laughs> it's nevertheless true. <laughs> I believe you. Just, yeah. just surprising. So um, I guess I, a question I have for you then is, have you ever, have you ever invested in yourself in some way, whether it's either education or even if it's just this little workflow hack or you just did something because you were tired of doing it, this, you know, the same slow, monotonous way over and over again, you just tried to automate it or make it a little bit faster. Have you ever reflected on 
something you've done of that nature, some small, large investment in yourself and go, wow, am I ever glad I did that? I've saved so much time for having invested in myself. I do it sometimes frequently, but I've never reflected on saying, yeah, I'm glad I did that. I've never taken the time to say, hey, that was great. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, now I have, um, I think part of it is that because of my health, I'm, tr I'm constantly managing my time and my, uh, in order to manage my pain. And so, and so to do that, I'm like, if I can do something more efficiently in a different way, then I'm going to do that because it means then that I can get that job done and then maybe use this extra time I have to do something else. And because my time is limited, right? And so I don't pat myself on the back. I'm just like, okay, now I'll do this. And then, and then you know, it's just sort of, I don't know. I haven't stopped to think about it. It's just... Uh, I'm satisfied and I'm excited with myself when I do that thing, like whatever that efficient thing is, because it makes me feel good that I created this new solution. That's what I get satisfaction out of. Okay, good. Then I, I think we're, we're on the same page. I, you know, you're right. Like reflecting and reveling in, in our, in our past brilliance, if taken to the extreme, <laughs> but, but, you know, <laughs> A certain amount of it had, you know, if you weren't either in that practice or if others aren't in that practice, you know, it can, it can do two things. One, it's this nice shot of dopamine of like, hey, I'm proud of myself, right? Yes, um, yes. And then number two, it maybe reinforces the behavior of, of investing in things that make our future lives easier because sometimes our future selves, we don't treat nearly as well as we do our present selves. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. I just, I'm just asking. <laughs> um, I think that uh, this is something that irritates me about myself is I don't do a lot of future planning because I'm so having to manage the present that I can't plan in the future because usually I have to change those plans. And it makes me angry that I have to change them when I do have to change them. And so I don't plan that far, you know? Um, and even with respect to big goals, because those require um, steps to get there. And if you, um, like at one time, I think uh, early on, I talked about the idea of using gamification um, to teach in some way and maybe incorporating those.